0: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. My dear fellow servants in God's kingdom, Sir Michael Costa, the celebrated conductor, was conducting a rehearsal when, with all of the instruments and the full chorus, And the piccolo player decided to drop out, thinking that no one would notice such a small and seemingly insignificant little instrument. But then, Michael Costa stopped everything and called out, where's my piccolo player? The sound of one small instrument was necessary for the harmony of the orchestra, and the master conductor noticed it when it dropped out. To the conductor, there are no insignificant instruments. Now, to piccolo players, they might think that with such a small, tiny, little instrument, the people in the crowd can't certainly miss them. And yet, the conductor always misses right away. In the Christian church, the players and the instruments are diverse. Different shapes, different sizes, different roles, different notes to play But like the piccolo player in Sir Michael's orchestra, we often decide that our contribution may be insignificant. Our contribution cannot possibly make a difference, so we quit playing. We bury our talents in the ground. We don't use our gifts. We drop out. But the conductor immediately notices. From our perspective, our contribution may not be that big of a deal. But to the conductor, everyone is crucial. Friends, are any of you piccolo players who have stopped playing? And maybe you've stopped playing because of pain or hurt or busyness or exhaustion. Or maybe it's fear. Fear or laziness or pride but whatever your reason you've stopped playing and you've buried your talents in the ground and for all of us as those who aren't playing or at least who have stopped playing for a short time Jesus has a story a parable for us whether we are piccolo players or grand bass players, whether we are soloists or we are the backup singers, Jesus says, you are my gifted servant. We hear him saying, I am leaving you, but I am not leaving you unprepared. You are blessed. You are equipped. I have invested in you, and now I want you to invest in my kingdom work. And so Jesus tells a story about using our gifts. He tells a story about a man who is going off on an extended trip. But before he left, he invested in his servants. He knew that he had been training up these servants, building up their abilities. And so based on their abilities, he then invested his own property with them. The rich man also, rich man is very rich, and he gives each of the servants a talent, at least one talent. And that doesn't mean anything to us until we understand that a talent is worth 6,000 denarii. That still doesn't mean anything to us. Until we do the math that a denarius was worth a single day's wage. So if a servant was paid, say, an hour for eight hours of work, that equals $200 a day times 6,000, which comes to $1.2 million for each talent. So the first servant was given almost $6 million. The second servant, a little over $2 million. And that third servant was given a paltry $1.2 million. Each servant was given according to his ability. Each servant was given according to what the master thought he could handle. That master was generous with his money, but he was also generous in his response upon his return. He praises them. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. He's saying, you did well. You did the best with what I gave you. You were faithful with a few things. Now I'm going to bless you with more things. My joy is yours. Come and enjoy being at my side. Come and share your master's happiness. So what is the point that Jesus is getting at here? As our Lord and Master, God has blessed each one of us generously. He has Replaced our depraved sins based on our inborn nature with the fruits of His Holy Spirit. He has taken our baptismal gowns and He has made them clean in the blood of His Son. He so is so excited about giving us forgiveness that he gives us that forgiveness when we walk in the door of the sanctuary in the words of absolution. He sends us home at the end of the worship service living in that peace of forgiveness, a peace that is beyond understanding that we receive in the benediction. In his word stuffed into our ears that flows into our hearts that comes out of our mouths in our prayers and in our praises. He gives us the assurance of forgiveness in Christ's body and blood hidden under the bread and wine of his sacrament. He gives us called workers to preach his word from our pulpits. Called workers to teach his word to our children in our classrooms. He unites us as brothers and sisters in the Christian faith. He has blessed us individually and as a whole very generously. But in addition to these spiritual gifts, he also gives us material gifts, physical abilities, and mental blessings. Notice how how each servant was given something. No one was idle. Now, Most of us may not be five-talent people, but that's okay. He's given us at least one talent, one talent that he has invested in us that he wants us to invest back into his kingdom work. So what talents has God given to you? Just like the servants in the parable, God has given us a number of talents. So take inventory of those talents. Maybe you're someone who is good with your hands, with a hammer or a computer. Maybe it's you're good with your voice in teaching or singing. Maybe it is that you have the gift to lead or to support those who lead. Maybe your talents are simply a smile or a hug, or an encouraging word, or an intercessory prayer. I always talk to the leaders of our congregation, whether they're church council members or elders, and reminding them that serving in these leadership positions are important. But if they have a child's tee ball game or a grandchild's softball game, they need to go to those because there's always more meetings but not always more opportunities to be a father or a grandfather. That we serve the Lord in his kingdom in the church, and a lot of times we serve the Lord in his kingdom by being the fathers and mothers, the grandfathers and grandmothers in our homes, raising up that next generation of Christians. And yet what happens? That our sinful nature makes excuses, it becomes lazy, we feel we've been hurt. Whatever kind of excuses we have to bury our talents, the devil gets hold of those, whispers them back into our ears so it becomes a vicious loop in our minds and in our hearts to keep us inactive and absent. And yet we need to remember that whatever gifts God has given us, whether it is up front on the stage or it is in the background, At home or in service, God has given us these gifts that he has invested in us and he wants us to invest back into his kingdom work. In this parable, there are two servants who have a similar result with their investments. The servant who had received the five talents immediately put them to work and gained five more talents. In the same way, the servant who had received the two talents gained two more. These servants sprang to action immediately. They were faithful. They made use of the gifts that, God, that the master had given them. The master knew that he had invested in them with their abilities as they continued to serve in his house. And now he had invested in them by giving them his property. And then when they gave him both the original income and the profit... They heard back, well done, my good and faithful servant. And notice what the master con- commends. He doesn't commend the profit he receives. He commends them simply for their acts of service, for their faithfulness. The third servant, he's a different story. He was unfaithful in every aspect. He went away, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Notice that action took more work than Just going to the bank. It took more work for him to go to the shed, grab a shovel, go out to the woods, dig a hole, put the money in the ground, and cover it back up, put the shovel away, than just walking down the corner and investing the money at the bank. He earned nothing because he did nothing with the abilities he had and the generous gift of his master. And now compare Jesus' parable With the Father's words, we heard in our first reading from Isaiah chapter 1. There, God tells the people of Judah, What do your many sacrifices mean to me? I have more than enough rams as burnt offerings, and enough fat from well fed animals. I'm not pleased with the blood of bulls or the blood of lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked for this from your hands, this trampling on my courts? Stop bringing worthless offerings. Your incense is an abomination to me. I cannot stand your sinful assemblies on the new moons, Sabbaths and holy days. God despises it when his people are just going through the motions, when they are inactive, when they are absent, when they are indifferent. That indifference as they bury God's gifts and then consider these gifts worthless, the gifts are worthless that God gives to them and worthless when they give it back to God. You can tell pretty clearly that God is ticked with his people. Friends, your house is God's. Your phone is God's. Your vehicle is God's. Your physical abilities are God's. Your financial assets are God's. Your kids are God's when you're kind and helpful to others, those actions come from God. When you are loving to your spouse and your children and to your parents, that love comes from God. When you are compassionate to others who are hurting, that compassion comes from God. The God who has given you everything and now wants you to put all of that to work in honor and glory to him. This is your spiritual act of worship. But, but if you are not using God's gifts, then let's be honest, then there's hell to pay. Jesus says seven times in his Gospels about, the, about hell, about being a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell is reserved for those who rebel against the master. And notice what this wicked servant is wicked for. It's not because he's dealing drugs or he's addicted or he committed murder. His rebellion is his inactivity, his indifference, his absence. His rebellion is, leave me alone and let me do what I want. And the master's response was, throw that worthless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, fellow servants, take inventory of the gifts that the heavenly master has given to you. Ask yourself, how much of what God has given to me am I investing back into his kingdom work? And how much of what God has given to me have I buried under the ground? Then after you've answered that question, ask yourself a follow-up question. What will the master say to me when he returns on the last day? Will he say to me, Well done, my good and faithful servant? Or will he say, Throw that wicked servant out where, to the outer darkness? Today, we continue with a brief stewardship series called 10 for 10. And in this Wells series, we're looking at encouraging you to give 10% of your financial gifts back to the Lord for his kingdom work. 10% over 10 weeks, and then see where that goes. Because imagine what the Lord of the church will do when his people respond and increase their financial gifts for the support of ministry at Water of Life, Wisconsin Lutheran School, and the Wells. And now imagine what the Lord of the church will do with an increase of the activity of God's people in our church school and church body. It staggers the imagination of what our God can accomplish through us. Our unfaithfulness, indifference, and excuses, those are like scarlet in God's eyes. They're scarlet stains on our baptismal gowns. And yet God takes our white gowns and he washes them in the blood of his son to make those sins gone and make them like white as snow. Jesus, our Lord and Master, takes away all of your sins. That his blood covers over your unfaithfulness. His blood pays for your excuses. That his activity on the cross and out of the grave pays for all of yours and mine inactivity. This is the way Jesus serves us. That the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. For many Who are no longer mere servants, but now servants who are also children and heirs. St. Paul says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. How generous our master is. How gifted we are as his servants. And how many wonderful opportunities do we have to give and to support the ministry of the Lord's church in our congregation. Let's respond to the gifts that God has given to him, to us, by investing those gifts and abilities and talents back into his kingdom work. Both financial gifts and our physical gifts we're never going to regret what we might miss out on because we are busy doing the Lord's work. So whether your instrument is a piccolo or a grand brass player, whether you are using your hands or your voice or something else, whether it is a smile, a hug, an encouraging word, or an intercessory prayer, let us be eager to hear our master say to us upon his return, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. Amen.